hit it, Phil. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees with rare and magic perfume? Oh, no! It isn't the breeze, it's Jackson time. La, da, da, da. Well, Jello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Uh, we are here to talk about Jack's radio show. Uh, this is the finale, right, in the in the arc of the uh, of the sportsman being fired. And uh, Jack hires them back in this episode. So, oh, spoiler alert, I should say. <laughs> I think you figured out from the title that that's, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I, I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed, uh, uh, certainly we've talked before about how much we enjoy uh, when uh, Elliot Lewis uh, stops by. And in this case, mm. he usually goes by Mr. Lewis in the, in the episodes. In this one, he's, he has a different name probably because they just used him in the last episode, I think, as, as Mr. Lewis, so they decided to go with a different name. Uh, but he does a really nice job being the um, agent for the sportsmen and presenting their list of demands and things, and it's, it's, a, it's a great little bit mm-hmm. that they do there. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll chat about it. Oh, the, the one thing I should mention is, of course, um, we're continuing with our lining up the script with the episode, so you'll be able to see that. I have gotten so much better at, at doing this. The first time, I think I think I said it took me like two hours to pull it off. Um, this time I, I now have, as you go through, you know, at first I was like, okay, this scene I think is going to go for, you know, this page is going to go for 90 seconds. Oh, no, it's, it's less than that. Let's see. Let's try 65. No, that's not enough. 67. Okay. And so I'd play with the numbers and it was like, oh, my gosh, it took forever. Well, then this time I'm like, I'm such an idiot. I, I play it full screen so I can see it, right? So, so it plays through the page. And at the end of the page, I hit the pause button. And then I can say escape. And it takes me out and it shows me right where that is. And I go, cut it there. And then I go back and uh. look at the picture and it does the next one. So the longest it will take me is a half hour to watch the whole episode because it takes me 20 seconds per cut or 10. I don't know. Not very long. So so much easier so much more efficient and then the thing is if i want to i can even speed it up a little bit to head you know because i know roughly how long the page is so i i bet i can do it probably do one of these in 15 minutes or 20 minutes now so uh and they're better they're they're the timing's better than it was the other places yeah. eventually i would kind of go oh close enough and then and then move on because i get tired of it right well, and but now i can actually nail it every time so but Daryl, thank you so much for doing them. It's such a delightful experience yeah. to hear the show and see it. It feels to me like I'm I'm sitting in on a recording, you know, or when they're performing it. Yeah. And it really um it makes Jack's uh, marvelous sense of timing and what he can bring out in the performers even more real. So thank yes. you very much for the effort of doing that. So. Oh, and and our last you're so welcome and i i do enjoy doing it and i enjoy watching the show that way too it, it's just a whole nother level of interacting with the jack benny show uh and last mm-hmm. we, last episode the big thing is that i hadn't done it before we'd we'd actually done the episode so i didn't know i said are they going to include uh, uh bing crosby's comment or not include it and it's right there. They wrote it down just as he's as he had said it. So, which I was surprised at. I thought for sure they might not do it that time, but they did. And uh, yeah. also shows because we were. I was kind of wondering about it because I wasn't seeing as much crossed out in these um, scripts. So, so it looks like what they were doing at this point in time was uh, retyping it 
uh, like after the fact to get it right. You know, maybe maybe they were uh, crossing it out into one copy that they had. And when usually that's the copy we see with the cross outs and everything. Yeah. In this case, it looks like they were crossing things out and adding things and everything, but then retyping it again. And that's the one we get. So uh, mm-hmm. because it wasn't handwritten in that he said this was actually typed in. And we know that it was definitely an ad lib and not something that was in the script. So um, made it obvious that that's what was happening. Uh, anyway, but uh, fun to watch uh, along with the scripts and everything. Uh, last episode, I mean, if, if you're ever going to do one, uh, it, watch one of mine. I would watch la- the last episode we did because when the uh, four new uh, uh, folks, uh, well, I guess three plus Dennis, uh, are, are coming to, to be the new quartet. All of their bits that they're where it's going back and forth are great to kind of read along with because they're all hopping every which way. And then on top of it, the, the insane one to, to look at is his scene with Rochester where Rochester is talking about mixing the, I put in more water, now I put in more flour. And then, and then he gets mi- mixed up and to watch the script kind of try and follow them and parts <laughs> of the script doesn't match up because they, I think the person typing it was the same way I am with, with the whole getting it lined up is like, ah, oh, good enough, I'm close. And, and right. so that's what they were doing. So it doesn't, it doesn't go exactly. You can see other lines were wrong or in the wrong spot. And, and it's kind of fun to, to read through that and see what a mess that is. And to even yourself see all the stuff that's going on and realize if I was to read this, I would get this messed up. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough yeah. and for Rochester to pull that off as well as he does saying the same things in just different orders is crazy. But anyway, that's, that's that episode. So uh, we'll do the same. So thing if we're, one. if somebody's listening on podcast, is it in the show notes or do they just look up Buck Benny on YouTube? They can do it either way, but it's actually in the show notes. So, um, okay. And so you'll you'll see it in the show notes. It connects directly up. Thank you for pointing that out, John. Um, I'm always having it listed in the show notes. And I really would suggest that's the way to to watch these episodes um, versus listening to them. I mean, it's up to you, but it just gives you a whole different viewpoint. And so many people are, when when they do it this way and they watch it on YouTube, are like, wow, it just is a whole different experience. And then also like when Dennis comes on and sings his songs, I, I instead of just pausing it forever on the script because there's no they doesn't have the lyrics to the songs or anything it does in last week's episode with all, with the guest performers it does have the lyrics and it follows through which is kind of cool but anyway usually right. it doesn't with dennis and with dennis i just do a bunch of his pictures so you get a chance to see all these pictures of dennis as he's as he's singing his song so i think it's kind of nice too uh anyway so yeah it's it's a fun thing to do for this episode though uh and and uh this week on uh you're you're gonna get of course first we have the jack benny episode that's that's uh we present with the script and then i don't have a script for the phil harris show so you just see the phil harris show with pictures of phil harris and alice Faye and the kids and everything and then uh following that up we jump backwards and grab the 1937 episode and play that at the end. So sometimes I'll talk, we'll talk about that as, as well. So you get those three episodes always uh, that kind of dovetail together. Um, anyway, with uh, saying that, uh, John, what, anything you want to point out on any of these episodes? Oh, with the 
first episode, it's fun that it's uh, it's from the 1947 season. It's fun that uh, it's an arc and this wraps up the arc. And I love that, you know, it continues from episode and then has an ending. And I'm pretty sure after this, they sort of start a new arc right away with the uh, Oscar, which maybe we'll get into later. But I just think it's neat that they've got these couple of story arcs which is rare i will say i was quite distracted in this episode and now that i say it everyone will listen it's going to drive them nuts there's a whistler in the audience so oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> through the whole episode whenever there's a chance it's like a big uh like he's doing bird calls like a, a very specific whistle and once you start to hear it you won't be able to unhear it yeah. The 1937 episode of Jack Benny. Oh, I should, uh, and, you know, the Phil Harris show is always fun. But in this episode, you know, early on, he's still really Jack Benny's band leader. And so he mentions Jack Benny in this episode, which is fun. Uh, the 1937 episode, I thought it was interesting that Jack Benny makes fun of his movie. Even mm-hmm. way back in 1937, he's, yeah. it's not just a horn blows at midnight thing. He's already making fun of his movie. Right. Yeah. No. That I would was have been a, impressed. He's making fun of the horn blows at midnight ten years before it was made. But no, <laughs> it was a different movie. So. It, no, he. You know, Kathy talks about this in her book a lot too. But the 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 core of Jack's film career and how he managed it through the radio always subsisted on the idea that Jack was such a ham that. There's no way the film or his performance could be as good as he proclaimed it to be. You can hear this as far back as the earliest Phil Harris episodes. um, And I'm sure even earlier. Oh, yeah. It goes way back to 1932. He's making fun of the Hollywood Review of 1929. Right. And but the one that I remember the most is like amid the amid the turning point of Phil Harris entering the show. And there's the one about like. Uh, you know, J- Jack going like, well, Don, you know, I'm not conceited. You know, I don't think too much of myself, but in this picture, I'll really surprise you. And they they continue that thread throughout until it reaches its peak with the horn blows at midnight. It's almost like when horn blows at midnight happens, he can't top the film career gag any more than that. And so he really falls back on on horn blows at midnight rather than any other form of his film career. But that the I the fact that he does this as far back, it actually provides further perspective on why we don't look at Benny's film career in such a positive light because we're kind of trusting Jack and the comedy of his show that the movies can't be that good. And then you realize they are good, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yet if I can butt in just about that, mm-hmm. what George Gallup of the Gallup poll found he was hired by the Hollywood industry uh, in 1938-39 because they didn't know why box office wouldn't go any higher. And Gallup said that Jack Benny always talking about his films added so much more free advertising to the films that brought so many more people to them than otherwise that ironically they were doing better at the box office than some other films because he talked about them so frequently so yeah well he had this great platform one of the most popular radio shows of all time so yeah it it's the equivalent of being inundated with ads for the latest marvel film on every youtube channel you watch or scrolling through instagram like it, it 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 the the appeal and broad appeal comes from his 
the trust that he built with his audience over the years. But it's funny that years later, when we listen to it, combined with the fact that not all of them are available, we have this sense of Jack being a failure yeah. in that in that sphere. And Kathy's already kind of broken that myth, not kind of did. She broke that myth wide open to reveal that it wasn't true. And now we're kind of wrestling with, well, what are the good Jack movies and what are college holidays? You know, like what what's what's the difference between good and college holiday? And I feel like I so college I, holiday me, is not the good. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not. And thank you to John Henderson for introducing me to that nightmare of a movie. I, I, um, I, I both hate and love you at the same time. Um, now, um, but but I You're always the only one. funny too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's a whirlwind of nonsense that movie. But I do like the idea that Jack when it came to talking about that film career, you know, I I I love that he doesn't reveal the actual plots of his films unless it's such a big known property that you can't avoid it. Like Charlie's Aunt, people knew what Charlie's Aunt was. They everybody knew that Brandon Thomas. They, no nobody was not going to know what that was. But Horn blows Doesn't at midnight. He also he gets like the... play up scenes that like don't yeah, exist in the film, the film. Where or there's yeah. something I, I swear there's ones when I've listened to the show and they've done some elaborate thing that's supposed to be a scene in this mm-hmm. movie. And then I'll watch Usually, the movie and there's nothing like that in the movie. What's exactly. Oh, yeah. Especially the love scenes from uh, artists and models and that's artists right. and models yeah, yeah. abroad. The love scenes played with Rochester uh, that are not in with uh, Joan Bennett in the movie, but um, uh, how that got by the censors for right. you know uh, uh for amazing so yeah amazing. It, it, yeah the, the i think the most the most one of the most famous ones is uh jack in a barrel yes. uh, the jack in a barrel and saying stick your head out and say hey right. um and like but then he will evolve i mean like horrible's at midnight they get the plot down pretty pat but one of the biggest episodes surrounding it which has Ralph walsh and uh joseph kern in there um or uh, jo- joe kern they um uh they they add in this this love scene with Alexis Smith that is non-existent in the movie and it becomes the crux of the episode itself and Mark Hellinger is the final person that he talks to and then you I, I mean but I to be or not to be is really the only exception in this case like it's the only time where you only get a sliver of it and then he pulls back after Carol's death so he knew his limits with that yeah, um sure. yeah John, what do you what do you have of uh, uh, anything more for this that you want to talk about? Anything? No, that's anything? it. The only other note I had was uh, the phrase "all in." You know, mm. nowadays it means like I'm going for it, but in those days it meant I'm beat. Yeah, yeah. I'm all in. Well, that's a good point. I'm all it's inside my house definition. in my bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kathy, what do you got? Well, Daryl, I'd like to mention that I uh, I was really blown away by the quality of that Benny uh, March 23, 1947 episode. Not only can you hear the whistler, but it sounds so real. Um, you know, there was so, it, recording was so difficult. Mm-hmm. And of course these shows were meant to be live, but this one recording, I felt I was in the room with people. So I'm just very grateful for the sonic quality, the crisp quality of that episode, just really uh, uh, it excited me to listen to. Well, that, I love the fact Go ahead. Yeah. I was I was just gonna say that, that 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 is something uh, that I don't mention that much anymore. But I've upgraded these 
boy, probably at least three times, maybe four times as I find new, better sounding yeah. quality copies is, is I'll, I'll upgrade them as we go. Um, the last upgrades I did were probably like five years ago because I haven't found anything better. And these just sound yeah. so good, uh, almost in every case of the best sounding you'll yeah. ever find. And, yeah. and I, I, I do um, love that people notice that. What's so funny is now I find I'm doing the same thing with the video of, of the, of, of the Jack Benny TV shows. I mean, I just went through and watched our, um, cause, cause we're, we're talking about traveling around the world now and things. And so I, I we did one with Sean, uh, when Sean Connery passed away, we did one of the, one of the traveling shows. Uh, I think it was the England one. I'm not sure which one he was in, but anyway, um, as I was looking at it, I was going, Oh man, the video quality of this is horrible. And it was just really pixelated and, and had issues. Uh, you know, it was watchable, but barely. And then I realized, oh, I've got another copy of it over here that's that's a high quality. Uh, but for some reason, that high quality copy had um, was missing like the first, it, it was a decent amount, missing the first maybe minute and a half. So so what I did was I Frankenstein the two together. So you get this really poor wow. quality at the very beginning where yeah. Don's talking. And then, then he like uh -huh. turns to his wife and says something something honey because it's a distant shot and then it goes to a close-up when it switches to close-up that's where i had the other copy so all of a sudden it goes to a close-up and boom it's clear as day and you're just like whoa it's a little jarring and then it stays that way for the rest of the episode but yeah but and that's fantastic but it's always worth mentioning that um uh what you're creating through your upgrading and is an ever better higher quality collection and that this is all due to the fans Yes. There's nobody from the Penny Estate. There's nobody from the sponsor. There's nobody from the network doing this. Whereas we think of Marvel would, you know, be, mm -hmm. you know, we would think that corporate entities today are restoring things right. and doing things. And so uh, it's like all, all, all power to or all credit to the Benny fandom out there yes. of eventually sharing their best pristine copies of things. So well, and. and and not to spoil things too much for the Benny YouTube channel, but let's just say there are things coming to there that you may not have been expecting. And hopefully, well, I, I can't guarantee quality of, of the pristinest degree, but I can guarantee that you're going to be seeing stuff that hasn't been digitized in a format for a little bit. But um, in terms of the, like, the fan involvement of stuff, like it, it's interesting to consider that there's, there's a dearth of old time radio material by comparison to everything else that exists in this world. And the fact that there is still a dedicated fan base to restoring this material is like a spurred vax been on this mission for years. And, and we're all finally getting to like experience even more stuff that we didn't realize existed. I mean, we're getting SO oil shows from Marx brothers fandom now at this point, which we thought were gone forever. Like that, that is literally like, it's astounding because it could feasibly make a company a lot of money. And the fact that they ignore it is eternally fascinating. Like the Benny program alone, if CBS or NBC were to release all of those on Peacock or Paramount Plus, they, they'd have viewership. They'd have viewership. I can't guarantee it would be in the billions or millions, but they'd have viewership. So the It'd fact be in that the tens or twenties, at least, of, of, view, of viewers, I think, <laughs> I, I, certainly the I, four of know, us. I, 
I, I I look at the fact that some of the Benny videos on the IJBFC channel get hundreds of views per video. I'm like, this is astounding. Like there is an audience that wants this. Oh, yeah. Every time it appears on MeTV or in a streaming service, even if it's a small package of you know public domain shows, it still has attraction and an audience. And you know, the, and those are moments where you can see the sportsmen, which are in the other episode that we're talking about, and you get to see figures from the past that will open up a whole new door of exploration for people. Like the Sportsman I'll, Quartet I'll, is I'll, such a... I'll toot my own horn here in, in that uh, the Buck Benny channel now has over 500 subscribers. So yay. So that was mm-hmm. that's yeah. pretty cool. Because uh, it's and just... They, yeah. And that's, that's the point. There, there are people I mean, that want it. Thousands of people over on my podcast. But but to get over 500, I was pretty happy with that. So. That's great. Yeah. Daryl, I'd also just like to quickly thank you for um, putting the uh, Benny show next to the Phil and Errol, uh, Phil Harris, Alice Faye show, because you see something. Uh, I love that Benny makes a joke about having seen the egg and I, and then Alice sings yes. the, miser- <laughs> the yeah, right. theme song to the egg and I, which just re- reminds you uh, of, you know, um, of that interaction between media forms, a new movie would come out and they would release, you know, a, 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 a soundtrack to it today, or at least a theme song, and then try to get them placed on radio shows. Well, certainly, and I just I love yeah. seeing that interaction. So. In these first, in these first few seasons, especially, were really tied together because, like, there'll be there'll be times when they're taking a train trip, and there'll be a train trip on Jack's show, but also that same train ride will be seen through. Uh, the Phil Harris show. And so it's kind of fun how they work together at different times. Um, this particular, and I'm glad you brought it up, this particular episode of the Phil Harris show, I really enjoyed because it's it features the kids more with kids interacting with Phil and with Alice. And you don't get that as much in later seasons. It becomes sort of the, the Phil Harris and Elliot Lewis show more than anything else. And, and with Julius in there and so forth. Uh, but this early season, it allows them to play a little more with the the kids' father dynamic and mother daughter dynamic, and and I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, and then the the last thing I want to mention is over on the last show you'll see today, which is or here today, however you experience this, is uh, the 1937 episode that features Bidey Talcott, which is the mayor uh, Mansell. Talcott is is his full name and friend of Jack's for Jack's entire lifetime. Uh, we I did a special on him uh, that presented all of his appearances. He, he's appeared four times on the Jack Benny show. And so I took the clips of all of those, put them all together. And we had an interview with his niece talking oh, wow. about um, the, the relationship between Jack and, and 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 her uncle and things and how that sort of played out and just, she does a really nice job. And we just, we'd have her talk, you know, it was like a, I don't know, 45 minute, 30 minute interview thing. And so we'd have her talk for like five minutes and then we'd play one of the, a bit from one of the shows and she'd talk for another five and then we'd do another bit that was from one of the episodes and it played out really nice. It was probably my first, cause I did this probably at least five years ago, maybe 10 years ago. And so it was one of my first that I really played around with interspersing people. And, and it sort of gave me uh, a vision of what this could be that we do now on a weekly basis. And so I'm really thankful for that. Wow. And thankful for uh, Captain Steven, who did the interview um, 
uh, he used to be uh, work with me as, as one of my podcasting guest hosts. And so he did the interview and then I did the interspersing of the, of the, uh, the shows and it worked out really well. Sometime I'll share that again, but I, I love when Buddy Talcott shows up. It's a real um, honest feeling between he and Jack and, and, I, and I, I love the, the realism it brings in the real life piece. So all three of these episodes are great. Um, and let's see, uh, do we, uh, did we cover everything? Kathy, did you have anything more you want to say about any of the other episodes? No, no. Thank you for including a 1937 episode. I haven't listened to those, uh, uh, the, the pre 1941s in a while. And you, uh, given me the itch, you know, I mean, I want to go yeah. back and listen to more of them because they're delightful and fresh. And he was on his, you know, he was at well, the top. Of whether the you want to or not, you're going to hear those uh, coming up here in the next in the upcoming weeks. We'll, we'll be doing two every other week, so so yeah, <laughs> you'll be inundated with the 1937 stuff anyway. Hey, um, hey. And next week's 37, of course, is the introduction of uh, the Rochester, not Rochester, but Eddie Anderson, the actor, will play the the train porter for the first time. And we luckily were able to get a hold of Eddie Anderson Jr. to talk about that episode. So next week, that's uh, what we're presenting uh, to you as well. And, and I'll move, I'm going to move the 37 episode up to the very beginning so that uh, just because it, it's such an important episode. And then we'll have our 1947 episodes after that. So uh, anyway, uh, John, anything else you want to share with about any of the shows or anything? Or? Uh, no, I mean, I could plug something. If you want to check out my Patreon at thisdaybenny.com, I had fun editing also. I put together the best of Jack Benny in 1967. So I've got clips of Smothers Brothers and Hollywood Palace and... Uh, the Lucy oh, show, cool. which we've talked about together. Oh, wow. So yeah. I thought it was pretty fun. That is, that's a really neat concept. I'd never thought about that. Not, I, I, I mean, I've seen people do the best of like 1947 or something where they're taking the radio show and, and cutting bits of it out. And I always think, eh, I almost like to hear the whole show. But no, I, going through a year well, and presenting all his guest yeah. appearances on different things. I had all these little clips and it's not enough to make a whole show like yeah. that, like on Ed Sullivan. And I'm like, right. well, I'll just put them together. Oh, brilliant. That's great. Brilliant. We'll have to check that out. Thank you. And uh, uh, hmm. why don't you, can you email me the, Patri the link Absolutely. to that or something? And then I can put it in the show notes so that they can go and check that out if they want to or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. And then, uh, Zach, anything else you wanted to cover? We good. I did. And I guess I'll do a plug after mine, but I wanted to point out. No, no, that's not allowed. John's no, been okay. oh, really? he can do it, it You need it, to be with us another you. two years before you can plug anything, Zach. It involves you. It involves you, my friend. Oh, so, if, it, yeah. if it involves yeah. me, then that's fine. Then that, yeah, yeah. you're good. Um, for the, for the sportsman <laughs> finale, um, you know, nothing's ever going to top end game in terms of finales, I guess, in this generation. But yeah. uh, the the idea of this arc lasting as long as it did, um, I want to bring back a connecting tissue that a lot of fans will um, bring up at the drop of a hat is Seinfeld. And the way, like, it's such a mundane story arc in certain respects it's like because it's just one running gag that's an that's interspliced throughout episodes that are isolated on them on their own and this is kind of like to me a lost art form where you can have an arc on a show without depending on people binge watching or starting from episode one and it's not like it's not to denigrate current television i love right. what it does for that but there is a lost art and 
the sportsman the sportsman thread is one of many threads that the Benny show possesses where I could still drop in on any other episode and I don't need the context of the sportsman being fired um, and how they were fired. I just need to know that they were fired and he's trying to get them back. They like the, the writers are very careful at not bogging you down with details and fan analysis and side characters and like it, it, it very much is like a, 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 a an uh, it's designed for the idea of like nobody's going to re-listen to these shows. Little right. did they know. And now we have uh, a world where we can watch the threads and connect them and do all of these fun discussions on them. Additionally, the idea of the entire cast singing the commercial. Oh yeah, I, I, I love, I love that. Yeah, I yeah, so yeah. much. It's yes. like such a great little Benny anthem of sorts. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, like, uh, I love Phil's line because um, they're doing old McDonald and he goes with a no tip here and a no tip there. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like he's the only one who gets like the, the good punch in, you know? Yes. Um, and um, and Rochester's involvement in that, too, before he just stops it. <laughs> like, um, And uh, but yeah, no, it's it's one of those episodes that it's almost like in some ways it feels disappointing the way they end the arc, but I also love like, it's just like, how else were they going to end this arc? Yeah. Like it was going to have to have Jack getting humble. Um, you even have at the top, him continuing the thread of a gag of, but, but right. As he's typing or whatever. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that whole gag and the way it continues, like I didn't start noticing that until I read Sunday nights at seven for the first time when I was younger. And I started noticing those jokes and how he was writing it out. And then I heard the shows and it just made it so much funnier as a result. Oh, yeah. um, and as far as plugs, um, my show yesteryear Ballyhoo review, it's a regular show dedicated to golden age Hollywood, our own buck Benny, um, was on an episode that's going to debut the vi uh, video component. There he is. There's his hat. There's his hat. I love it. I love this hat. And you're going to see that hat along with a nice vest that Buck wears when we talk about Winchester 73 on a video version of my show, which has been audible only up to, up to this point. Now you'll get an option uh, for select episodes and Bucks will be the testing ground for that. Because I so. refuse to be involved unless there was going to be a video component. Uh, yes, you and your diva, you, you and your, your consistent diva attitude has allowed <laughs> me to finally take the leap into the, the lit world of YouTube, as the younger folks would say. I don't know if they still say that. I'm out of touch. <laughs> I don't know but if they yeah. ever said that, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and um, and yeah, and I believe I believe we talked about um, co-sharing the shows and whatnot. So you'll be able to see it pretty quick um, yeah. when it comes up sometime this week, as of this recording. Yeah, yeah. Great, thank you so much, Zach. It was so much fun doing that with you, and yeah. I think you folks are going to enjoy this whole thing. Like Zach mentioned, the song is so worth the whole episode. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's great. It's probably if you're into the cast singing, it's probably one of the highlights of the whole series i mean it's it's really it's sort of non-traditional like he also does it when he introduces the cast yes. at the end of the season i enjoy those non-traditional shows because it always feels like they're kind of just like shooting from the hip i yeah. know it's not i know it's written but right. it always feels like you're shooting from the hip at times and you don't know which side character is going to say what this is the musical version of that which is really I interesting totally agree with that so thanks everybody everybody have a great uh for my team here have a great easter and everything uh mm -hmm. this is probably 
probably for you listening is probably coming out after Easter. I think it's coming out a week from now or something, but anyway, it's all good. And uh, um, just thanks for being here guys. I, I love doing this um, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll continue on. And I'm so glad we can talk uh, some about the 1937 episodes now too, because it's such an interesting season for the show and, and so forth. So we'll continue to bring all this stuff to you. Um, thanks. Bye everybody. Yeah. The Jack Benny program presented by Lucky Strike. In a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. And LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Yes, fine tobacco. Season after season, at auction after auction, independent tobacco experts, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco. No doubt about it. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And fine tobacco is what counts in a cigarette. So for your own real deep down smoking enjoyment, smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed. So free and easy on the draw. The Lucky Strike program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, four weeks ago, Jack Benny got into trouble with his sponsor because he fired his quartet. Despite the fact that Jack auditioned several singing groups, he could find no suitable replacement. So now we find Jack at home, where he has just started to type a letter to his old quartet, the Sportsman. Gentlemen. Now, now that sounds too businesslike to start off with. Let's see... Dear sirs, now, now that's still too formal. I've got it. My darling sportsman. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, yeah. My, my darling sportsman. Now, that's a little too personal. I'll knock out the my. (laughs) Now, let's see. Fellows, I hope you will receive this letter in the spirit in which it is sent because... Whoops! (laughs) Silly me, it's only us. (laughs) I am willing to let bygones be bygones. I know that you boys want more money, but, but, (laughs) but, (laughs) gee, I even do it on the typewriter. Let's see, I know you want more money, but that can be discussed later. I realize 
that apologies at this point would be superfluous. Hmm. Superfluous. S-U-P-U. No, no, that doesn't look right. Oh, Rochester, how do you spell superfluous? S-U-P-E-R-F-L-U-O-U-S. Thank you. (laughs) Would be superfluous, but I'm sure we can iron out any discrepancies. Hmm. Rochester, how do you spell discrepancies? D-I-S-C-R-E-P-A-N-C-I-E-S. Thank you. (laughs) Iron out any discrepancies that may come up. Yours sincerely, Jack Benny. D-E-N-N. I know how to spell that. Rochester, do you think this letter will do any good? I don't think so, boss. They wouldn't even talk to you when you went to see them. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, this letter isn't right. I'll throw it away. Rochester! Rochester! What's the matter, boss? What happened? I had my tongue caught in a roller. (laughs) It hurts. Let me see. Ah. Mmm, you spell superfluous wrong after all. (laughs) Never mind. Gee, Rochester, I don't know what to do about a quartet. Well, boss, I thought the quartet you had last Sunday was pretty good. Yeah, each one of them is a great soloist. Dennis Day, Andy Russell, Dick Hames, Bing Crosby. But I know, but when you put them together, what have you got? Personally, I'd rather have Hugo Carmichael. You know, boss, if you need any help, I can sing a little bit like Mr. Crosby myself. You? When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day. Rochester. Rochester, if you think you sing like Bing Crosby, then I play the violin like Yasha Heifetz. Oh, you do, boss, you do! <laughs> Thanks. Excuse me, there's someone at the door, Yasha. I'll get it, Bing. You put the typewriter away. Hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Mary. I, wasn't, I was expecting you earlier. Well, I would have been here sooner, but I was working out in the garden all morning. You were? How are the flowers coming? Fine, only I shouldn't have bought the seeds at the corner of Hollywood and Vine. Why not? I was wearing a sunsuit, and the snapdragons kept snapping at me. <laughs> I don't blame them, Livy. You've got better stems than they have. <laughs> oh, Jackson, it's only the second day of spring and you're in full bloom already. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Jack, why must you always go along with a gag? Because I feel good. But, Mary, it doesn't seem possible the flowers in your garden are up already. You only planted them a few weeks ago. I know, but I scattered plenty of Vigoro around. That stuff really makes things grow. It does? Vigoro, huh? Say, I wonder if... No, and anyway, it would look messy on your head. (laughs) I wasn't thinking of that. But, you know, Mary, I like gardening and flowers and growing things. You know, in fact, I saw a preview of a picture the other night. The egg and I. It was wonderful. 
Claudette Colbert is married to Fred McMurray, and they live on a little farm where it's quiet and peaceful, and they raise their own chickens and eggs, and grow their own food and everything. Gee, I wish I had that. A farm? No, Fred McMurray. <laughs> now, well, I can see you're not the type that's interested in farming. Now, look at me. In my garden, I raise carrots, peas, lettuce, all kinds of useful things. Well, Jack, I know it saves you a little money, but I think you're going too far. What do you mean? You even grow rice in the shallow end of your swimming pool. <laughs> I do not. And Mary, if you keep talking like that, next fall when I pick my grapes, I won't let you help me make wine out of them. Good. I had enough of that wine making last time. My feet were purple for two weeks. <laughs> All right, all... it stained my bathtub, too, you know. I'll get it, Bing. Okay, Yasha. <laughs> oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. Come on in, kid. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Mary. I passed your house this morning and I saw you working in the garden. Boy, that sunsuit you were wearing. <laughs> Dennis. My mother has a sunsuit just like Mary's, only it's yellow. Oh, really? Yeah, when she wears it, she looks like the Wilshire bus with lace bumpers. <laughs> well, look, kid, Mary and I are leaving for the studio in a few minutes. Have you any idea what you're going to sing today? Oh, sure. Well, let me hear it first, and then we'll... Hey, Dennis. Yeah, I just noticed it. You've got a scratch on your nose. How'd you get it? Well, I was riding down here on a bicycle built for two, and I ran into a telephone pole. Well, how did that happen? There was nobody on the front seat to steer it. <laughs> Well, Dennis, why didn't you sit in the front seat? I've got two shows. Why should I drive? <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. Come on, kid. Let's have this
of each lonely day And through the years Those moments when we're apart I'll close my eyes And see you That was a lovely song I'm glad you're going to sing it on the program You really... Dennis, what are you taking your shoes off for? Isn't it time to make the wine? <laughs> no, not till after we pick the cotton Oh Lift that bale, tote that bar Well, come on, kids, we'll go to the studio huh? say, say, Mr. Benny, what are you going to do about a quartet? I don't know I want to get my old quartet, the sportsman, back But I don't know how to go about it Say, Jack, I've got an idea why don't you go over and talk to their manager? I bet he'll help you get the boys back. Well, I say that might help at that. Rochester, get the car out. We're going into town. See you later, Dennis. Rochester, try the starter again. Oh, Jack, we've been trying to start the car for 20 minutes. Let's take a cab. Don't worry, Mary, it'll start. Rochester, try it again. Yes, sir. Step, step on the starter again, Rochester. Yes, sir. Rochester, maybe, maybe there's something wrong with the spark plug I don't think so, I cleaned them both this morning <laughs> well, we'll try it once more, if it doesn't work this time, we'll take a cab Yes, sir It started, it started Off we go into the wild blue yonder Yes, sir I knew it could do it Oh, why don't you get a new car? I never heard a motor that carries on so much I know, Mary It's a little mad at me since I made a joint Afra <laughs> Rochester, take us to 1507 Benedict Well, this is their manager's house, Mr. Stewart. I wish I'd sent my lawyer to sort of pave the way for me. Pave the way? Yeah, yeah, you know, talk to him first to see how he feels. Say, Mary, you can do that. Oh, but Jack... Go ahead, ring the bell. I'll hide behind the hedge. Oh, okay. Yes? Uh, how do you do? My name is Mary Livingston, and I work for Jack Benny. Oh. Well, go around to the back door. I'll give you a cup of coffee. <laughs> Hmm. 
Uh, can you spare two cups of coffee? Certainly. Come on out, Jack. I paved the way. Very funny, very funny. Now, look, Mr. Stewart, I didn't come here only for coffee. I came here to talk to you about the quartet. Well, come right inside and we'll talk it over. Good, good. Come on, Mary. Well, I'll wait in the car. Okay, this won't take long. Now, Mr. Stewart, to show that my heart's in the right place, I'm willing to take the quartet back and not deduct anything for the three weeks they've been off. Well, I have the new contract all prepared, and if you'll just sign it, everything will be fine. Gladly, gladly. I'll sign right... Wait a minute. Look at this clause eight. Why are these words scratched out? Well, we made a slight change in the clause where it said they have to mow your lawn. <laughs> slight change? Now you have to mow their lawn. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. I was over to their place, and they live in an apartment. They don't even have a lawn. I know, but they're going to buy a house in Beverly Hills where there'll be plenty of grass. Well, how can those guys afford to buy a house in Beverly Hills? Read Clause 9. <laughs> Let me see. I, Jack Benny, party of the first part, agree to pay to the party of the second part $5,000 a week if I... $5,000? $5,000? Look, if I pay them that much money, they'd have to be the stars of the show. Read Clause 12. <laughs> now, Mr. Stewart, I don't mind paying them a little more money, but this Clause 14 is ridiculous. I'm not going to do their laundry. I don't know what you're so excited about. You've been doing it for months. I've been doing the sportsman's laundry? Well, certainly, didn't you know? Mr. Stewart, I'm a busy man. When Rochester brings in the bundles, I don't ask them who they're from. <laughs> if you stand around asking questions, your water gets cold. <laughs> if, you'll take out, if you'll take out those ridiculous clauses and make the same deal we had before, I'll sign the contract. Okay, okay, here's a pen. All right. There you are. Now, where are the sportsmen? Well, I don't know where I can locate them, but if I do, I'll send them to your studio. Good, good. And thanks very much, Mr. Stewart. Okay, Rochester, here we are. Let us out right here. Come on, Mary. Rochester, you can go now, and on your way home, stop at the automobile club and get some maps. I'm going to drive to San Francisco next week. You're going to take this car up to San Francisco? Yes. <laughs> what are you laughing at? It'll be easier to bring San Francisco down here. <laughs> Just make sure those two spark plugs are working. I'll get there. Come on, Mary, let's get in the studio. Jack, why are we going to San Francisco? Well, we're going to do our broadcast next Sunday for the San Francisco-Oakland Newspaper Guild. I like San Francisco, Mary. The weather's so crisp, the scenery's so beautiful, and ah, the Golden Gate. Stop trembling. It's only painted that color. <laughs> no, but it's so nice to... Uh, hello, Mr. Benny. Pardon the intrusion. Well, well, hello. <laughs> uh, hello, Mr. Kitzel. Oh, thank you. Uh, what are you, uh... <laughs> What are you doing here at NBC? Mr. Benny, I got to ask you a favor. Would it be too much trouble for you to handle these cards around to your friends? I'm in a new business now. A new business? Uh -huh. What is it? It's called Ye Old Knickknack Nuke and Antique Shopping. <laughs> ye Old Knickknack Nuke? Yes, and we have a slogan Don't be a schnook, take a look at Kitzel's Nook. <laughs> Well, that's kind of catchy. And you have, uh, 
You have antiques, too? Hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> yeah, if I got antiques, I got the original bed George Washington slept in it. You, you have the bed George Washington slept in? Yes, but you should excuse the chocolate on the pillow. Martha was a little careless. <laughs> Well, that's really a valuable ante. Anyway, thanks for the cards, Mr. Kitzel. I'll give them to my friends, and someday I'll drop in myself. Oh, wonderful. And remember, Mr. Benny, we sell everything. Tables, chairs, drapes, rugs, lamps, bookcases. And if you don't see what you want, we sell eyeglasses, too. I'll remember that. By the way, Mr. Kitzel, I'm just going in to do my broadcast. Come on in with me. You can sit on the stage. Oh, thank you. How do you do, Miss Livingstone? Hello, Mr. Kitzel. You like antiques, don't you? Mr. Kitzel, there is nothing serious between Mr. Benny and myself. <laughs> Mary, don't be funny. Oh, my goodness, look at the clock. The program's already started. Let's hurry. Hey, here's another one, Don. Ask me why fat men always wear suspenders. Okay. Why do fat men always... Hold wear... it, hold it. I'm here now. You can sit down. Sit down? Look, Buster, why did you stop me right when I was in the middle of a joke? What? I got the audience in the palm of my hand. I was telling gags and singing songs, and they love me. They love me. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Phil. Quiet. Don't call me Phil. They think I'm Al Jolson. Al Jolson? When April showers may come your way, yeah. They bring the flowers, those pretty little flowers. Mammy, can't you hear Jolsey boy? Phil, Phil, Phil. I'm coming home, Mammy. Phil, Phil. Mammy, don't stop me, Jackson. I got him rolling. It's downhill from here. <laughs> How do you like that? He was out all night, can't get up off his knees, and he thinks he's Jolson. All right, all right, Phil. If you think you're such a great comedian, go ahead and tell that fat man joke I interrupted. All right, thanks, bub. Come on, Donzie. Ask me why a fat man always wears suspenders. Okay, Phil. Why does a fat man always wear suspenders? Because he's afraid his stomach will make his belt buckle. <laughs> belt? Buckle? You heard me. Those things on the side of your head ain't bookends. <laughs> I know, and Don, I'm surprised that you fell for a joke like that. You, of all people, should know why fat men wear suspenders. Well, I don't wear suspenders or a belt either. And what keeps your pants up? The NBC censor. <laughs> oh, Wilson, you take up half the stage, but you're worth it. <laughs> What kind of a show is this? Phil is Al Jolson, Don is Phil Harris. Mary, who would you like to be? Mrs. Fred McMurray. Now cut that out. <laughs> Seems the only sensible one around here is Dennis. Just call me John Charles Thomas. <laughs> well, it's my own fault for... Thank heaven, and I don't care who it is. Come in. Well, look who's here. <laughs> my own quartet, the sportsman. Boys, I can't tell you how happy I am to have you back. No, no, don't hum. I can, I'll do the talking. And Mr. Stewart, uh, you came with us. Yes, Mr. Benny, I knew how anxious you were to have them again and to hear their glorious voices, so I spared no effort to find them today. Isn't that right, fellows? Hmm. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you see, Mary, it's not only me, you see. 
Don, look, your children are back. Aren't you happy? You bet I am, Jack, and I'm glad you feel the same way. Yes, sir. Well, Mrs. Stewart, now that the boys are here, have they got a number? They certainly have, and to celebrate their return, they want you all to join in. All of us? Well, that's fine. Come on, boys, let's have it. Old Jack Benny had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and on this farm tobacco grew, E-I-E-I-O. With a big leaf here and a big leaf there, here a leaf, there a leaf, everywhere a big leaf. Old Jack Benny had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. Old Jack Benny likes to smoke, L-S-M-F-T. Likes to smoke and that's no joke, L-S-M-F-T. With a puff, puff here and a puff, puff there, here a puff, there a puff, everywhere a puff, puff. Old Jack Benny likes to smoke, L-S-M-F-T. There's one thing you must learn, take a tip from me. It's so round and it's so firm, L-S-M-F-T. With a round round here and a firm firm there. Here around there a firm. Everywhere around firm. That's one thing that you must learn. Take a tip from me. Old Jack Benny loves to play. LSMF time. On his fiddle night and day. Ay, 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 ay. With a squeak, squeak here and a squeak, squeak there. Here a squeak, there a squeak, everywhere a squeak, squeak. Old Jack Benny always plays L-O-U-S-Y. <laughs> Jackson Benny is so cheap. C A G A P. Why he won't spend a dime a week. T I G H T. With a no tip here and a no tip there. Here a no, there a no, everywhere a no tip. Old Jack Benny is so cheap. C A G A P. Mr. Benny, how do you do? H E L L O. I can always laugh on you. <laughs> With a hoo-hoo here and a hoo-hoo there. Here a hoo, there a hoo, everywhere a hoo-hoo. Mr. Penny, how do H-E-L-L-O. Jackie Benny is so sweet. Sweet as apple pie. And he's a fella hard to beat. B-E-N-N-Y. With a blue eye here and a blue eye there. With a hoo-hoo here and a hoo-hoo there. With a no-tip here and a no-tip there. With a squeak-squeak here and a squeak-squeak there. With a round-round here and a firm-firm there. With a puff-puff here and a puff-puff there. With a big leaf here and a big leaf there. Here a leaf, there a leaf, everywhere a big leaf. Old Jack Benny had a farm. Absolutely wonderful. I'm glad you're back, and from now on, I'll let... Excuse me a minute. Hello? Mr. Benny? Yes? <laughs> Mr. Benny has a car. T-R-A-S-H. It's a car that won't go far. C-R-A-S-H. With a no-clutch here and a no-brake there. Here, Nick, there, not everywhere, Nick, not... Rochester! I'm not finished yet! <laughs> you are, too, and goodbye. I like my car, I like my cast, I like my quartet, and Phil, I even like your lousy band. Let's hear them. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, the American Red Cross is in the midst of one of its, mo of one of its most important campaigns, to continue helping our hospitalized fighting men and veterans both here and overseas, to say nothing of its many other services to our communities. Please give generously to your local Red Cross chapter. Thank you.
Jack will be back in just a minute, but first, here's Basil Rysdale. As you listen to the chant of the tobacco auctioneer, remember... L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And in a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. Listen to the words of a man who really knows tobacco, Mr. Charles L. Belvin of Durham, North Carolina. He's been an independent tobacco buyer for 16 years, and he said... The makers of Lucky Strike buy good, ripe, mild tobacco. Season after season, I've seen them do it. And take my word for it, the fine tobacco makes one swell smoke. I've smoked Lucky's myself for 16 years. Quote, the makers of Lucky Strike buy good, ripe, mild tobacco. Unquote. At auction after auction, independent tobacco experts like Mr. Belvin can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco. Yes. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Certainly. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And this fine Lucky Strike tobacco means real deep down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Ladies and gentlemen, next Sunday night we're broadcasting from San Francisco. Now don't forget, kids, we want to be there for their big frolic Saturday night. Mr. Benny, I don't want to go on such a long trip. What? Last time I went to San Francisco, I was on the train for eight days. Eight days? What are you talking about? You get on the train here at night, and the next morning you get off. Oh, get off! Oh, quiet. Good night. NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. The F.W. Fitch Company presents The Fitch Bandwagon, starring Alice Faye. You'll never know just how much I love you. You'll never know just how much I care. And Phil Harris. Won't you come with me to Alabama? Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling hammy, and that's what I like about the South. <laughs> a few days ago, in the April issue of Radio Mirror, Phil Harris read that he was a confirmed country gentleman and somewhat of a gardener. So last Thursday found Phil on his hands and knees trying to live up to his reputation. Oh, Phil, you're out here. Hiya, honey. Oh, Phil, look at you. Your brand new slacks covered with mud. Well, you've even got dirt on your forehead. Yeah. Ain't I cute? <laughs> I don't know what to do with you. You have to be watched every minute. You're just like a baby. Mommy. What? Lick your hanky and wash my little face. <laughs> Oh, don't be silly. What are you doing out here on your hands and knees anyway? I'm studying the wonders of nature. I'm watching those tender little buds push their heads up through the soil. You are? Yeah, every time one pops up, I drive it back with a croquet mallet. <laughs> Never mind that nonsense. 
Do you know what day it is? Day? Oh. Oh, sure, it's our anniversary. You know, I was just going down to buy you a present. Well, that's fine. But it so happens our wedding day is until May 12th. Oh, it isn't? No. Oh, kid, we're in trouble. <laughs> oh, don't be so funny. This is the day they're having Daddy's Night at Baby Alice's school. Daddy's Night? Yes, I told you two weeks ago. They're putting on a show for the parents, and every child is going to do a little act with her father. What does the job pay? <laughs> Doesn't pay anything. Well, then tell him to get another boy. Harris don't get up in the morning without they lay a little cabbage on him, you know. <laughs> Be serious. You've got to realize there are certain educational responsibilities and social obligations that go with fatherhood. Oh, great, great. Why didn't somebody tell me this before I whistled at this dame? <laughs> well, you just can't disappoint Alice tonight. But, honey, I wouldn't know what to do with no children's party. Well, the other fathers have some wonderful ideas. Now, Mr. Williams and his son Rodney are going to do bird calls. <laughs> yeah, and if I know... Don't laugh too much. I'll never get rid of her. Don't laugh. <laughs> what do you say they're going to do? Bird call. Yeah, and if I know old man Williams, they're going to get a few, too. Well, I don't know. I think he's very good at it. Good at it? I seen him once at a party, and he spent 45 minutes trying to imitate the mating call of an American eagle. Well, what happened? It laid the biggest egg you ever saw. <laughs> hey, I just got an idea. Hey. Maybe me and the kid could sing That's What I Like About the South. Oh, no, Phil. Well, then, wait a minute. Maybe I could do this one. Flaghorn's the name. Son, I'm from the South. Way down South. The real deep South, that is. Why, where I come from, Senator Bilbo's a Yankee. That was a witticism, gal. Laugh, woman. You're as motionless as the Republican Congress. <laughs> Phil, you know you can't do anything like that at a children's nursery school. It has to be something with a little refinement and culture. Well, don't worry about me, kid. If it's culture they want, I'll come out there and throw it all over them. <laughs> That's just what I'm afraid of. Now, wait a minute, honey. Don't worry about it. I'll think of something. I've got to get dressed now and get down to a band rehearsal. Well, That's more important. Get home early, will you? Sure. I'll be home about 3 o'clock, and then we'll really work out something with baby Alice. Oh, thank you, dear. I'm a lucky girl to have a sweet, considerate husband like you. Yes, you are. <laughs> you know, honey After you working with all them big movie stars Like John Payne and Tyrone Power How come you finally married little old me? Oh, I don't know, Phil I guess it was just another case of the beauty and the beast <laughs> Oh, don't say that, honey Why not? You shouldn't ought to call yourself a beast <laughs> Get dressed and get down to your rehearsal. you guys are pumped up with, but if they ever bottle it, it'll put that whiskey out of business. 
Yeah, Phil, the boys are feeling pretty good today. Yeah, they sure are, Frankie. You betcha. We all seen Duel in the Sun last night. All right, sin killer, stop hugging your guitar. It ain't Jennifer Jones. <laughs> hey, fellas, the leader made a joke. <laughs> all right, all right, wise guy. Say, that reminds me, incidentally, Jack Benny wanted me to talk to you characters. Now, listen, it don't bother me none, but he said he'd appreciate it if you guys had stopped showing up for his broadcast in your undershirts. You mean he wants us to wear shirts, Phil? Yeah, and he said... <laughs> he also said something about pants, too. Gee, I wonder where I can get a hold of a pair of pants between now and Sunday. Oh, Frankie, stop, will you? Hey, let's make this rehearsal fast, Phil. I gotta drive my mother-in-law to Santa Monica. <laughs> Santa Monica? Yeah, I'm gonna let her ride the roller coaster at Venice Pier. Oh, Artie, that roller coaster's been condemned. Look, Phil, I know that and you know that, but she don't know that. <laughs> All right, when you get back to your seat, Artie, come on, fellas, let's knock this one off. I got to get out of here. One, two. On the Paris Boulevard, I picked up a postal card someone had forgotten to mail. Seems as though some tourist had meant for it to meet her dad, for it told a typical tale. Naturally, I read what she wrote. This is what she said, and I quote, I came to Paris to buy me a gown. To Paris, to Paris, and oh, what a town. The lights were shining, the music was gay. I bought me my gown and decided to stay. Now, Papa, don't preach to me, preach to me, Papa, don't preach to me. Let my heart break while it's young. Oh, Papa, don't preach to me, preach to me, Papa, don't preach to me. Let me fling till my fling has been flung. I danced in Paris last night with Pierre. That X marks my room, but I'm never up there. I strolled through Paris today with Maurice. The Rue de la Paix has such handsome police. Oh, Daddy, don't preach to me, preach to me, Papa, don't preach to me. Let my heart break if it must. Oh, Daddy, don't preach to me, preach to me, Papa, don't preach to me, or don't shut off my guaranteed trust. Since early in May My gown got all worn out But I'm still okay I'm made for Paris I'm finding that out I still have no past But the future's in doubt Oh, Papa, don't preach to me Preach to me, Papa, don't preach to me Let my heart break Let it roam Oh, Papa, don't preach to me Preach to me, Papa, don't preach to me Or I'll never, no, never Don't preach to me, preach to me Or I'll never, no, never come home Ladies, you can have hair that's romantically soft, radiantly lustrous, and ever so easy to manage if you use Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo regularly. For Fitch thoroughly cleanses your hair and scalp. In addition, it contains a special reconditioning action that helps restore elasticity to your hair. You'll notice how it helps your hair to take and keep a wave longer. Fitch Shampoo works equally well on all colors and textures of hair and in either hard or soft water. 
It's so gentle, it will not harm even a baby's tender scalp. In fact, Fitch has been tested and commended by the Parents Magazine Consumer Service Bureau. Use Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo regularly. See how it gives your hair glamorous highlights and a new captivating smoothness. See how it leaves your hair as lovely as that of any famous beauty. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. Hey, Curly, let's go get a cup of coffee. Can't do it, Frankie. I told Alice I'd be home right after rehearsal. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Alice makes you punch the time clock. Now, wait a minute. It ain't that at all. Oh, go on. Go on. <laughs> Next thing, she'll have her brothers out combing the bars again. Now, cut that out. I got to get home because baby Alice and I are entertaining later on. Hmm? Sure. Tonight is daddy's night at the nursery school. Oh, clutch my little hand, Papa. The snow is 12 feet high. <laughs> oh, lay off, Frankie. Lay off. Baby Alice and I are going to do a little act together. Oh, you're breaking my heart, Curly. I ain't felt this sad since Shirley Temple got married. <laughs> okay, keep it up. Keep it up, Frankie. Keep it up. And the next thing you know, you'll be back playing second syringe phone with Bora Minovich. I <laughs> oh, don't get sore, Curly. I didn't mean nothing. What are you and baby Alice going to do in that entertainment? That's just the trouble, Remley. I don't know. Why don't you sing That's What I Like About the South? You do it so well. But Frankie... And so often. <laughs> no, that, Frankie, look, when you're going to a place like that, they want something more high-classer than that. You mean there is something more high-classer than that? <laughs> look, Curly, I got it. Why don't you do something English? Oh, no, I ain't got no time to learn no new language. <laughs> no, Phil, I'm serious. What are they doing a picture when they want to make it high class? Throw in Jane Russell? <laughs> no, no. They stick in a limey. You mean a limey's an Englishman? Sure. So that's what I've been squeezing into my rum and Coca-Cola? <laughs> Look, Curly, the English theater has always been loaded with culture. Take that Ronald Coleman, Charles Lawton, them guys. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Frankie. Well, listen, Phil, I got an English friend who lives in my apartment house. He was on the London stage for years. Well, is he really a high-class guy? High class? Phil, the guy's a purebred cockney. <laughs> Royalty, huh? Sure. Come on, we'll go over and talk to him. He'll give you some stuff that'll knock you Ah, this here, my friend's apartment here, Phil. Well, let's make it quick, Frankie. I got to get out of here. Yeah, okay. Hello, Sparrow. Oh, yeah, Frankie. Come on in. Thanks. <laughs> I want you should meet a friend of mine, Phil Harris. Well, pleased to meet you, Governor. <laughs> governor? Oh, I guess he thinks I'm from Georgia, huh? Hey, Sparrow, Phil here's in a little show tonight, and he wants to do some kind of an English act. I told him you'll be glad to help him out, huh? Oh, bitcha, blinking boots I can, I can. <laughs> what kind of an act did you have in mind, Ducky? <laughs> Ducky, well, look, I just want some material that I can 
that I can use with a little girl. Oh, I got just the thing for you, lady. I used to work with a bit of fluff myself. <laughs> he means his daughter. Fifteen years on the British stage I was. Ed man in the cheap side follies I was. But I had my fill of that go. Blinking managers ain't got no art. Take the blooming strike me dead out of your kitty's mouth. That's what they do. <laughs> Gee, he talks better than Ronald Coleman. <laughs> I'll never forget the night I left the nasty hole. I was on the stage, going over big with the audience, laying them in the British Isles. <laughs> <laughs> when all of a sudden, the horrid manager rings down the bling, blinking curtain on me. So I quits him right proper, I did, I did. I know, but look, Sparrow, I don't want nothing. I just want I to... I popped into my diggings, big as life. And my old lady said, what are you doing here? Quit, I said. Quit, says she. Quit, I says, and quit, I did. And with that, the old girl ups and lets me have what for with her tea cozy. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. But you said you had something you thought Phil could use tonight. Oh, that I have. If I remember rightly, it begins with a little song I Groceries! Oh, Julia, thanks for bringing my order right over. Oh, that's all right, Miss Faith. We're going to have dinner early tonight. Oh, company? Well, now, we're going out. You see, Mr. Harris and Alice are going to entertain over at the nursery school. That guy entertained? Oh, Julius, that's no way to talk. He and baby Alice are upstairs now rehearsing some kind of an act. What's he going to do, sing That's What I Like About the South? <laughs> no, no, as a matter of fact, I, I don't know what he's planning to do. He's keeping it a secret. Well, for your sake, I hope he ain't too bad. Hey, Miss Faye, before I go, will you accept this token of my affection? Well, what is it, Julius? A medal I won at the store. Oh, this is cute. First prize, Crisco Stacking Contest, Ralph's Market. <laughs> you should see my entry, Miss Faye. It was inspired by you. 600 cans of Crisco, 14 feet high. <laughs> A symbol of our love. A living, breeding monument of pure, all-vegetable sorting. <laughs> That's very touching, Julia. Yeah. If we should have a part, I'd go down to that store and pull a whole 600 cans down on my head. And if they pick up my limp and tan-dented body, they will say, poor Julia Sabruzio, he died for love and crystal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julia, you're silly. Well, well I got to get back to the store. Farewell, soulmate. Goodbye, Julia. Mommy. Yes, Phyllis. Mommy, what are Daddy and Alice doing upstairs? They got the door locked. Oh, they're working out a little entertainment for the nursery school tonight. What's he going to do? That's what I like about the South. <laughs> I don't think so, honey. I wish I knew what he does have in mind. Can I go to the school tonight, too? Yes, Phyllis, we're all going. You like to hear your daddy sing, don't you? No. I like the way he falls down to get laughs. <laughs> well, honey, 
That's just a little trick of show business. Well, if I know Hotshot, he better use it tonight. <laughs> now, now, Phyllis, that's no way to talk about your daddy. Why, Mommy? Well, because he's your father. And, well, because I love him very much. Why, Mommy? <laughs> I'll tell you, honey. Such a good egg He's a regular guy You'll seldom strike Two characters like the egg and I He's such a good egg We're just bound to get by Whatever's in store Is good enough for the egg and I He's no information, please. So what? I'm not the type to kick. I can overlook his flaws. Because he knows what makes me tick. Here's what we pray for in the sweet by and by. A bundle of love, facsimile of. The egg and Intermission's over. We've got to get back to our seats now. All right, Mommy. I like it here at Alice's nursery school. They've got a real stage and everything. Here we are, Phyllis. This is where we were sitting. Do you think Daddy and Alice will come out on the stage now? Well, we'll see, honey. They're quiet. There's Miss Hollingshead. Parents and students of the Hollingshead Nursery School. <laughs> at this point in our program, we would have heard from Mr. Williams and his son, Rodney, in an exhibition of bird calls. Unfortunately, while rehearsing the mating call of the American Eagle, Mr. Williams experienced a little difficulty backstage. <laughs> the porters are cleaning up the egg now. <laughs> so we continue with Mr. Philip Harris and his daughter, Alice. <laughs> 
Daddy will fall down right away, Mommy? <laughs> Phyllis, please. I have not been informed of the nature of Mr. Harris's offering, but I should Never mind the have... jive, kiddo. Come on, Alice, we're on. All right, hit it, Professor. Mary Higgins, and I'm heading for me diggins, and I've carbon on the anvil of me kind. Oh, I'm somewhat of a measure, a Piccadilly smasher, and the ladies love me down at Lambert Line. I sigh, Gertie, what was that horrible noise I heard at your house last night? Lana, Reggie, that was an owl. I know, Gertie, but ooh, it was owlin'. Oh, I've a poodle for a mascot Like a bloomin' swelled ascot I've a stickin' in me dickie made of pearls I'm a proper English female With an eye for every female Title lady or a periwinkle girl I sigh, Gertie I hear your brother Harold was decorated by the French army No, Reggie They only given it to him Why not, Gertie? He's so bloom and ugly they can't find a general to kiss him. Oh! <laughs> I'm at the Mary Higgins, and I'm heading for me digging when I met a lass as ducky as can be. To the park I did invite her, but she screamed, you nasty blighter. But off you talk, you ain't me cup of tea. I sigh, Gertie. I went to the doctor yesterday on the count of me deafness. What did he do? What did he do? He sat me down and said, now, me lad, let's have a look at this air. What did you sigh? Blimey, I said, this air what? <laughs> Fall down, Mommy! Fall down! Phyllis, quiet. Oh! oh. I'm at the Mary Higgins, and I'm heading for me digging, and I'm carving on the anvil of me kind. Oh, I'm somewhat of a masher, a Piccadilly masher. And the ladies love me down in Lambert Line. Well, honey, the kids are all tucked in bed. You want to play a little gin rummy? <laughs> Ah, oh, come on. You're not still mad at me, are you? Yes, I am. After that performance you put on, Alice will never be able to go back to Miss, Miss Hollingshead School. Well, what do you mean? The song killed the people. I'm Aunt Samaria against Alamed for me against. Oh, brother. <laughs> Blimey, I thought it was quite bonza. <laughs> the song was bad enough, but when it was finished, did you have to roll up your pants and yell, Oh, la, la, and throw your uh, garter to the audience? <laughs> well, I got it back right after the show. <laughs> Not only that, how'd you like the way I got off the stage? I got a big laugh when I curtsied twice and kicked the curtain. You got a big laugh, all right, but you didn't kick the curtain. No? Mm-mm. You kicked Miss Holling's head. <laughs> a tuppence for Miss Holling's head. The old girl ain't got no art. She's taking the bloom and strike me dead right out of your kitty's mouth. That's what she'd do. Oh, shut up. Look, Phil, you've disgraced us all with that horrible, I mean horrible song. I never want to hear it or anything about it again ever. Mommy, Daddy. God, Lanny. What are you tykes doing out of bed? I, 
I finally did it, Daddy. Did what, honey? I tied it to Phyllis. Come on, Phyllis. A one, a two. Oh, I'm Aunt Samantha Higgins, and I'm Aiden for me digging. And I'm tithing on the under, let me find. Oh, and someone up a measure, a Piccadilly smasher. Hold it, when I holler, hold it! <laughs> Alice, Alice, put on that tea cozy. <laughs> Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. Personal grooming tells the world whether you're careful or careless. And nothing reveals carelessness so much as unsightly dandruff on your hair, scalp, or shoulders. So don't let dandruff spoil an otherwise good impression. Remove it easily and completely with Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Fitch is the only shampoo made who's guaranteed to remove dandruff with the first application is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. You see, Fitch penetrates and cleanses the thousands of tiny hair openings on the scalp. It dissolves all traces of dandruff and then forms a creamy, efficient lather to float it away. And since Fitch is completely soluble, it rinses out in a jiffy with ordinary water. Use Fitch shampoo regularly and let your well-groomed dandruff-free hair tell the world that you're particular about your appearance. Buy an economical bottle at drug or toilet goods counters or have professional applications of Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo at beauty or barber shops. Phil, you just got a phone call. Who was it? King George the Sixth of England. <laughs> King George the Sixth of England. I said six. You mean to tell me I got a uh, telephone call from King George? It was not. Sure. He wants you to do an act with him. He's got a great idea. Why? You both come on singing. That's what I like about South Africa. week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program was written by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosier, directed by Paul Phillips, with the original music composed and conducted by Walter Sharp. Included in the cast were Janine Root, Ann Whitfield, Walter Tetley, and Elliot Lewis. Alice Fay appears to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. Men, use Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic daily. It makes your scalp tingle with that feeling of new life and pep. Fitch's Ideal is not sticky or greasy, so pep up your scalp and give your hair that well-groomed look with Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic. Bill Foreman speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 
1936-1937 season. We just are kind of culminated the feud last week. I hope you enjoyed hearing Fred Allen come on with Jack Benny and the two of them go at it. It was uh, a great culmination of the feud. Jack is still in New York this week and he will have as his guest uh, some folks from Waukegan. He will have Mayor Bidey Talcott, who is Mansell Talcott and was the mayor of Waukegan at the time. Uh, he's also a, a school friend or a friend growing up of Jack's, and he would appear on multiple Jack Benny shows over the years. Um, it's kind of fun to have the two of them together. Uh, you can tell there's a real affection for Mayor Talcott uh, from Jack. The other thing that happens today is Jack plays his father in one of the skits, and um, his father was still alive at this time. Um, he would be alive for another, probably close to another decade, um, that he'd still have his father around. And so his father got to see Jack be very successful, and his father would come to many of Jack's performances over the years. Um, Jack was always kind of upset, upset, I wouldn't say upset, I don't know, let down that his uh, mother had passed away before he experienced any of the success that he would have um, as a performer. Um, anyway, uh, the other thing that happens tonight, I think this happens on this episode, but throughout this week you may have noticed that some of the episodes refer to taxes and tax time and that sort of thing. And uh, what what's happening is... And you might say to yourself, well, why are they doing this a month early? Why aren't they doing it in April? Well, April 15th didn't become tax time until 1955. Before 1955, uh, the tax day of paying taxes was March 15th, was when your taxes were due. So, um, so that's why on so many of the old-time radio shows, you hear them referring to taxes during the month of March. And... Uh, I think it's. I think this episode covers taxes. If it doesn't, oh well. <laughs> a lot of the other episodes have this week, and I think tomorrow's also will be a, a tax episode as well from the uh, nineteen uh, nineteen fifty one fifty two season. Anyway, enjoy tonight's episode, and we will see you next time for a very very special and uh, historic Jack Benny episode next Saturday, introducing. Uh, a character that would, um, or at least an actor, not necessarily a character, but an actor that would impact the show for the rest of its run and on into television. So uh, be here for that next week. See you later. W-I-L-L-I-A-M Welcome to The Williams Show Sponsored by the State of Denial This is Buck Benny speaking I want to thank William for presenting another fine episode of the Jack Benny Show. His continued patronage helps fund all of our programming. Oh, you need to start selling some sort of a product. I was thinking, William Beer, it fills you with cheer. Until you're done, then you have none. I don't know. I need to come up with a better slogan. Anyway, uh, welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show. I hope you've been enjoying these best of Bennies. 
sort of started out as the best of Benny and morphed into just presenting the 1937 season because they're all so good. Let's see, what happened in the 1936-37 season so far? We've had, uh, it starts off with Phil Harris joining the troupe. Then six weeks later, the first episode of Buck Benny appears, and then we have a lot of Buck Benny episodes. And then about six weeks after that, uh, you have um, the Fred Allen feud that starts up. And then about six weeks after that, which is right about where we're at now, uh, Eddie Anderson is going to uh, make his first appearance, which will be next week, I believe. So uh, just a season full of firsts. Oh, and we also forgot Carmichael the Polar Bear came in here somewhere in this mess. So what a terrific season. I hope you're enjoying every episode. I am loving presenting them to you. Uh, again, a heartfelt thank you to William because... Uh, because of, of his patronage, we are able to uh, actually expand how many episodes uh, we can keep in our backlog because I've been able to get more hard drive space and also more bandwidth space so we can have more downloaders. Uh, just a few days ago, we were only able to handle about 500 a day. Now we've got enough bandwidth that we can handle about 1,000 downloaders a day. Um, which is good timing because I just checked today and so far we've had like 600 and some downloads. Um, I know there's a lot of people getting a lot of enjoyment from our programs and I, and I, uh, thank you for any emails that you folks send me. Um, if you do want to send emails, it's jack underscore Benny at potomatic.com and I will get those emails. I always read them. Um, enjoy all, all the comments. Folks seem to enjoy my, uh, podcast introductions when I can do them. Uh, just so you, oh, so you can tell what's going on here. Um, if you ever look at my episode titles, if it has the word podcast in the title somewhere, that means that I've done an introduction to the show. If it doesn't have the word podcast anywhere in the title, it means it's a show that's presented to you and, and a lot, you know, and go ahead and listen to it, of course, but it doesn't have an introduction by me. So if you're just looking for the shows with introductions, look for anything that has podcast in the title. If you're trying to avoid me, then then uh, listen to anything that doesn't have podcast in the title, and you won't have to listen to my introductions. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy introducing the episodes and uh, sharing my excitement about listening to them. Uh, I hope um, you continue to enjoy them. What a fantastic season! I really had not um, remembered what a great season 37 was. Of course, Thursday season, the 39th season is going great. It's, it's, uh, when I think the show reaches kind of its early peak. And yet another peak that it reaches in the, is in the 47, 48, 49 season, which we are in right now on the Sunday nights. So please join us every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday for more Jack Benny. And all the days in between, join us for all the other fantastic shows we have going on. Uh, right now, I would suggest the Fred Allen show on Fridays is great. They've just introduced Allen's Alley a couple weeks ago, um, which is a famous, famous um, bit that he has going on in his show. Uh, the Bob Hope shows are really good. They're jumping around and things, but uh, they're great on Wednesdays. Western Wednesday with Gunsmoke is very popular. Probably my most popular show of all is my Saturdays with Jimmy Stewart. So tune in. And hear my brother Jim Benny uh, introduce the Jimmy Stewart show. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, probably the 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 most enjoyable podcast I do right now is probably introducing the Jimmy Stewart shows. 
So um, get a chance if you get a chance to listen to those. And the whole Monday night lineup of um, Armis Brooks, My Favorite Husband, and Mel Blanc, the Mel Blanc Show, uh, are all fun, great comedies to listen to. So have yourselves a great week. Um, we will be back uh, every day. And so tune in. The Jell-O Program, coming to you from the Grand Ballroom of the Hotel Pierre, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Abe Lyman and his orchestra. The orchestra opens the program with G, but you're swell. hallmark on gold or silver, but perhaps you never knew why it is there. It's there as a symbol that the article which bears the mark is genuine. In the same way, the name Jell-O on the package is your assurance that the product in that package is genuine Jell-O. And so the reason I keep emphasizing those big red letters is this. Jell-O is a gelatin dessert. The name Jell-O is a trademark belonging to General Foods. When you see the big red letters on the box, you know you're getting genuine Jell-O made by General Foods. So if you hear any other flavored gelatin dessert referred to as Jell-O, you'll know that is incorrect. For there is only one Jell-O, and only Jell-O brings you that extra-rich fruit flavor. That's why Jell-O is the most popular gelatin dessert in the entire world today. So be sure you get the real thing. Always insist on genuine Jell-O. to New York for a rest and has to go back to Hollywood to get it, Jack Playboy Benny. Well, hello again. I got this horn left over from last night, folks, and I want to tell you, Don, you're right about me being a playboy. I'm a regular demon since I've been in New York. Shows and parties and one nightclub after another. Woo! Oh, Jack, stop carrying on, though. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not as bad as you're painting yourself. I'm not, eh? Don, I've been carousing around like a madman. Boy, am I sophisticated. <laughs> I can't understand that, Jack. You don't drink anything. I don't, eh? Last night I had a gin fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> That's fizz. Fizz, fuzz. Who cares as long as I have a headache? <laughs> Well, uh, tell me, Jack, are you glad that you're going back to Hollywood tomorrow? Oh, yes, Don. After all, how long can I keep up this mad pace? Imagine, imagine you setting a mad pace. Have you attended any teas? What's that? Have you attended any teas? Uh, afternoon or strip? <laughs> anyway, I'm, uh... That was good, wasn't it? All right, Jack. I thought that was good. Anyway, I'm really just all in. Oh, hello, Abe. Hello, squirt. <laughs> Squirt? If you've been hanging around with me lately, you'd find out what kind of a guy I am. Oh, you're not so wild. No, that's what you think. Only yesterday I was thrown out of trap. <laughs> you were? Yes, sir, and I would have reported that bouncer if I knew her name. And I'm not kidding. Hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Kenny. Toot, toot. I mean... <laughs> 
I wish I knew. Say, Kenny, do you notice anything different about me tonight? Huh? Oh, really? No, why? Well, can't you see those? Can't you see those? Can't you see those dark rings under my eyes? Huh? Gee, I thought it was mascara. Well, it is. Hey, Dad, give me that horn, will you? Oh, no. This horn and a chicken sandwich cost me $14. Say, Kenny, we missed you last Sunday when you had to go back to Hollywood. How did your picture turn out? Oh, swell, Dak. You know, Phil Harris is in it, too. And, oh, boy, the girls at the studio are hanging around him. Oh, taking my place, huh? huh? Nah, these are young girls. Oh. <laughs> Say, Kenny, who has the love interest in your picture? I have. And there's one place where I sing a love song to the leading lady right under her balcony. Yeah? And when I finish, she smiles and throws the rolls at me, and then she comes running down the steps. Yeah, and then what happens? Uh, that's when Phil Harris takes her over. Well, that's not very fair. Don't you feel badly? No, I got a rose out of it. Well, when I get back to Hollywood, he'll have some real competition. I've learned plenty here on the gay white way. Hello, you little desperado. Oh, hello, Mary. <laughs> Say, Don. Yes, Mary? Uh, take that horn away before he plays the bee on it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Mary, I've just worn to a frazzle from this constant hurly-burly and excitement. I gotta go someplace where I can be alone for a couple of hours. Uh, why don't you find out where your last picture's playing? <laughs> yeah, well, don't be so funny. <laughs> you know, I've gotta go out on a party again tonight. Parties and nightclubs. I tell you, I'm getting to be the best-known rounder on Broadway. Go on. You couldn't get a ringside table at the Automat. Oh, I couldn't, eh? No kidding, Mary. I really think that Jack has turned out to be a pretty wild sort of a guy. Oh, Yeah. He went to Minsky's the other night and fainted during the opening chorus. Well, it was hot in there. Was it? Wow! Kenny, now let's drop all this talk. I'm on the ragged edge now. And, hey, play something soothing, will you, so I can sort of pull myself together? Okay. Say, Jack, when you go out tonight, you want to try something that'll pick you right up? Sure, eh? What is it? A striker's cocktail. Well... I bet this is a peach of a gag coming. I can see that. <laughs> a, striker's, a striker's cocktail, what's that? One drink and you sit down. <laughs> oh, no, not me. I can hold my own. Why, you even stagger from an alcohol rub. <laughs> is that so? Better be careful, Jack. You keep this up and you'll look as bad as Fred Allen. Now, wait a minute, Lyman. You're talking about my pal. You say one word against Allen, I'll have him knock your block off. And I'm the guy that can tell him. <laughs> Freddie and I may have had our little spats, but underneath it all, there's a spark of loyal friendship that can never be extinguished. <laughs> Play, Lyman. <laughs> Thank you. 
Keep Me Warm, played by Abe Lyman and his orchestra. And incidentally, folks, Mr. Lyman is making his farewell appearance on this program tonight because we are going to Hollywood next week, among other reasons. Meaning what? Meaning uh, nothing and put your coat back on. <laughs> hmm. uh, what's the matter, Jack? You afraid? Afraid? <laughs> Wait till you get that letter I'm going to send him from California. Hear that, Abe? Jack's going to write you a nasty letter. The laugh's on him. I can't read. <laughs> you said it, especially music. <laughs> How was that, Mary? I can sing faster than Lyman. Who can't? Oh. I can't. <laughs> Well, I don't want to start any brawls up here tonight because it so happens we have a very distinguished guest with us. Oh, Jack. It's not you, Kenny. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, a very dear friend of mine is visiting in New York and has accepted my invitation to attend this broadcast. We grew up together, went to the same school, and he is now the chief executive of my hometown. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a great privilege and a pleasure to present his honor, Mayor Mansell Talcott of Waukegan, Illinois. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I really uh, didn't want to impose on you, Mayor, but knowing you were in town, I couldn't resist taking advantage of it. Oh, that's all right, Jack. I'm glad to be with you. Thank you. Well, Bitey, that's his nickname, folks. Uh, you don't mind, uh, do you, Bitey? No, no. We all had nicknames in those days. Remember yours? Mine? Oh, yeah. Let's see now. What was it the kids used to call me? Tuffy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Tuffy Benny. Did you hear that, Mary? I was quite a scrapper in those days. Time marches on. Yeah, never mind. Well, Bidey, tell me something about home. How's Julius Finnegan, Stub Wilbur, Ollie Imerman, and the rest of the gang? Eh? They're doing fine, Jack, and they're all proud of you. Oh, well, say, you remember Vivian Thompson and Hazel Clark and... Uh, say, Bidey, how's my Aunt Josephine? Oh, fine. She's still on the fire department. Yes. <laughs> Good old Aunt Joe. I can still see her sliding down that brass pole, you know what <laughs> Whitey, I'll bet the town has changed a lot since I've been there. Sure has, Jack. You remember the blue suit that used to hang in the window in your father's store? Yes, I do. Well, there's a gray one there now. <laughs> Probably the same suit. I told Dad to buy an awning. Yeah. Well, Whitey, now that you're here, I do want to congratulate you on the success of your political career. Thanks, Jack. You know, I bet when we were kids and went to school together, you never dreamed that you'd become mayor. You got about the lowest marks in the class, didn't you? No, next to the lowest. Oh, I thought we were tied. Not quite. Say, Jack, on your way back to Hollywood, you're going to stop off at Waukegan for a day, aren't you? I certainly am. Yes, sir. That's fine, because we're planning a celebration for you. Jack, Benny, Day, and Waukegan. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. I now, do. Now, we're not going to make a formal affair or present you with a loving cup or the key to the city. Well, I'm glad you're omitting that ceremony, However, I called a meeting of the local merchants, and as a token of our esteem, we decided to call off all of your old debts. <laughs> well, thanks, but I imagine they're outlawed by now anyway. Uh, now, Bidey, before you leave, I'd like to have you meet the members of our cast. I know they're eager to meet you. Uh, first, Mary Livingston. Mary, this is His Honor, Mayor Talcott of Waukegan. How do you do, Mayor Talcott? Hello, Mary. Say, Jack, is that a real mustache? Yes, it is. Quiet. Hmm? There's not much of it, is there? Mary. Now, Bidey, I'd like to have you meet our orchestra leader. Not that it'll improve your social standing. Anyway, this is Abe Lyman. How do you do, Mr. Lyman? Glad to know you, Your Majesty. <laughs> hey, that's Your Honor. Go on, Your Honor's a judge. I ought to know. <laughs> there, you see what I'm up against? 
And this is uh, Kenny Baker, our tenor. Well, hello, Kenny. How's that wonderful voice? If you'd listen in every week, you'd know. Kenny! <laughs> now, come here, Don, and don't embarrass me by asking the mayor if he likes jello. Bidey, this is Don Wilson. I'm very glad to meet you, Don. How do you do, Mr. Mayor? That's better. At least Don got the title right. Yeah, but we got the last. Yeah, go away. <laughs> well, Bidey, it's about time for Lyman to play a number, so how about you and I sitting down and having a little chat? Or you and me, rather. Which is correct, Abe? Uh, you and I, or you and me? You and him. Don't drag me into this. <laughs> Play, Lyman. Come on, Bidey. Right with you, Jack. Ladies and gentlemen, as our feature attraction tonight, in honor of my boyhood friend, Mayor Mansell Talcott, and also to revive memories of our youth, we will go back through the years and reenact a day in our lives when I was just a kid helping my father in his department store in Waukegan. Uh, Bidey, would you like to help us out and be a kid again for a few minutes? I sure would, Jack. It'll be fun. You will have some stuff there, won't you? <laughs> now, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen... In this is a little sketch about my dad's store. I will play the part of my own father. And I've engaged little Junior O'Day to play the part of Jack Benny the child, as I am too modest to repeat the many clever things I said when I was a kid. <laughs> Gee, I was bright. <laughs> well, let's get started. Mary, would you like to be a customer in my father's store? Not at his prices. Well, I'll give you a discount. <laughs> uh, Kenny, while we're fixing up the store and moving in the merchandise, you can sing your song. Huh? All right, Jack, but don't be too noisy. We won't. Sing, Kenny. Come on, fellas, give me a hand on this. Will you? Get 
take down the stars when the night was through. In winter, I'd be bringing the spring to you. In summer, every moment I'd sing to you. picture, The King and the Chorus Girl. And Kenny, I want to tell you that week's vacation did you a lot of good. I mean, your voice sounds sweeter and more melodious than ever. Yeah, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, we take you back about 25 years to the thriving little town of Waukegan. The scene is the Benny's department store, more widely known as the Emporium on South Genesee Street. Now, remember, folks, I play the part of my father. Let's go. Curtain. Music. Hello? Waukegan Emporium. Oh, good morning, Mrs. Fenchel. Yeah, a birthday present for your husband? Well, we just got in something new, a nightshirt with pants. They call them pajamas. No, you don't need suspenders. Yes, I'll send them over as soon as the horse gets up. Goodbye. Jackie, Jackie. Yes, Pop? Go to the back room and practice your violin. I'm not spending 50 cents a lesson for nothing. Oh, I don't want to. You're going to learn to play the violin if it takes a week. <laughs> now go in there and practice the B. It'll come in handy 25 years from now. Then what's the rush? What's the rush? That little Freddie Allen is talking already. <laughs> now get in there and practice. Oh, all right. And don't practice too loud. I got to make a living. <laughs> hmm. Certainly an unbusy day. Hello, Mr. Banning. Well, little Mary Thompson, uh, what can I do for you? Nothing. I'm just window shopping. Window shopping? Why don't you do it outside? Why don't you wash your windows? That <laughs> was dangerous. Last time I'd done it, the glass warped. Say, how's that suit I sold your father? The coat and pants are fine, but the vest drags on the ground. Well, just tell him to tuck the vest in his trousers. He did, but his foot got caught in the pocket. <laughs> You can't blame the suit if he's clumsy. 
Close that door, Jackie. You know, Mary, someday that kid of mine will be a great violinist. Well, right now he's lousy. Baby, <laughs> get away from that door. Stop hanging on my sign. People will think this is a pet shop. <laughs> Ah, good morning, Mrs. Wilson. Uh, what can I do for you? I have a complaint to make, Mr. Benny. You have? Yes, I washed that tablecloth you sold me, and now it's a scar. Oh, that's too bad. Wash it again, and you got a handkerchief. Mary. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's your little boy, Donald. Uh, how old is he now? Nineteen months. Well, well, what a cute little rascal. <laughs> My, what a healthy-looking youngster. Uh, how, uh, how much does he weigh? 210 pounds. <laughs> 210 pounds. Well. And look, he's got six delicious chins. Dern <laughs> does he eat. <laughs> well, does he, uh... <laughs> does he talk yet, Mrs. Wilson? Does he? Darling, say something for Mr. Benny. Glum, glum. Oh. Now, come on, Donald. You can do better than that. Swab where we, well, where we, till we are we, them and, uh, Come on, baby. Uh, lime. <laughs> oh, now, isn't... Now, isn't that just too, too de vu? Huh? Isn't that cute? I wish his rattle was heavier so I could sock him. Well, just wheel him under the chandelier. It looks shaky. Well, I guess I'd better take him home. Yes, goodbye, Mrs. Wilson. Goodbye. Jackie, not so loud. Ah, good morning, boys. Hello, Hello Mr. Mr. Benny. Benny. Say, where's Jackie? He's in the back room practicing. Can he come out and play ball with us? No, he can't, Manto. All you think of is playing ball. How do you ever expect to become mayor of this town? Don't worry, I'll make it. <laughs> well, you can have my vote now if you'll buy a suit. That's fine. I'll be able to put the city hall in my vest. Mm, don't be so fussy. Oh, please, Mr. Benny. Won't you let Jackie come out and play ball with us? I said no. Oh, gee, we need his violin for a bat. Well, he can't play baseball with you. He might hurt his hand, jeopardize his musical career. He's got two strikes on him already. Oh, yeah? He'll make good. What was that? Who threw that stone through the window? I did. This is my last week anyway. <laughs> that Abe Lyman again. Well, run along, all of you kids, and stay out of here. More trouble with those children. You think I was running a playground. Oh, how do you do, sir? Uh, anything uh, for you? Uh, yes. Uh, what's the price of that suit you have on display outside? Where? Right out there in that dummy. Hmm. Oh, Jackie? Yes, Pop? Go out and tell Uncle Julius to move around once in a while. <laughs> anything else, sir? Uh, yes. How much is Uncle Julius? Get out of here! 23, Skidoo. This is... It's a fine score. It's been three weeks since I heard the cash register ring. And they're good old summertime. I'm selling up them so high. Hello, Sandra. 
Well, Mr. Schlepperman, the traveling salesman. Say, did you hear that applause? You think it was your hometown? It will be if I don't get my expense check. <laughs> well, Schlepp, what line are you handling this year? Mr. Benny, have I got a slinky line of suits? Ah, nifty with a capital nip. <laughs> well, I don't know. Everybody's complaining about that last lot of suits you told me. Yeah, what's the complaint, honey child? <laughs> The uh, coat and pants are all right, but the vests are too long. What vests? Those are overcoats. <laughs> overcoats? And where are the vests? In the side pocket. Why don't you look around there? Well, can't use any suits, but summer's coming on. What have you got in men's bathing suits? Ah, now you're talking. I got here some bathing suits that will make you head swim, I'm telling you. Men's bathing suits, eh? Yeah, here they are. The latest creations in Paris. Oh, imported. Well, they look pretty good. Hey, these are only the tops. Where are the trunks? They missed the boat. <laughs> well, maybe I can sell them during high tide. <laughs> Gotta wait for that one. Pretty good. Uh, Mr. Benny, I'll put you down for a couple of dozen. Anything else I can show you out there? No, Slap, I guess that's about all. Oh. What's that? That's my little boy, Jackie, practicing. He's going to be a great violinist someday. Don't you think so? You should live so long. Goodbye. <laughs> Uh, Jackie, Jackie, it's time to close up and get home to dinner. Okay, Pop. Blow out the lights, son, and let's go. In the good old summertime, in the good old... Hey, that song is pretty popular, isn't it, Daddy? Number one on the hit parade. <laughs> it is? Yep, it passed Pony Boy last week. <laughs> well, come along, son. Let's close up and go home. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. Oh, Daddy. Look, there's still a customer in the store. Well, lock him in. We'll get him tomorrow. In the good old summertime. Officially, this is the first day of spring. And wherever you are, here's a spring to your menus. It's called Tropical Dessert, made with tangy, sunshiny lemon jello. And it's easy to make, too. You just dissolve one package of lemon jello in one pint of hot water. Chill until slightly thickened, and then fold in four figs and eight dates chopped fine, and one banana thinly sliced. Mold and serve either plain or with whipped cream. It's gay to look at and downright delicious to taste. Why not plan to serve this tempting springtime dessert soon? But be sure you make it with genuine Jello, or Jello has that extra rich fruit flavor, flavor from fresh ripe fruit. So ask your grocer for Jello by name and look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jello. The last number of the 25th program of the new Jello series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time broadcasting from Hollywood, California. Well, Abe, I want to thank you for your swell cooperation, tell you how much everybody's enjoyed your work on this program. And I'm going to tell everybody on the coast that you're not as tough as we made you out to be. Well, I don't know about that. I'm pretty... Quiet, uh, quiet. Well, Slap, it's been nice seeing you again, and I hope you come out to California. Well, you never can tell, Jackie boy. I got a trailer. Well, <laughs> when you get a car, pull it out. <laughs> and, Bitey, I want to thank you, too, and congratulate you uh, not only your political success in Waukegan, but on your dramatic triumph. 
Thanks, Jack. And by the way, don't forget to forward all of my fan mail to Waukegan. Yeah, what street address? They know me there. Oh. Huh? Well, folks, looks as though we'll have to leave you now. Uh, say, Jack. What, Mary? Is uh, Mayor Talcott married? Why, certainly. Oh, then I'll go out with Lyman tonight. Yeah, good night, folks. <laughs> Los Angeles.